good evening, citizens. Apologies, it's been a rough few days on the trods. You never can be too careful with the airs of Terranale lurking, potentially, round every corner. My topic for today is linked to the last couple of days. Today, we're going to talk about the Briars, what I know of them, and what we, as an empire, know of them. I'm sure many of you fellow citizens will be aware that the Navari harbour a great distrust for the Briars. Those reasons are numerous, and I'm sure chalking to your local guide or local vate will yield plenty of answers and reasons for that standpoint. However, they're also liked in quite a few other nations, and we'll be covering those today. But first, an overview. The Briars are infused by the realm of spring, a fecund realm of exuberant natural forces whose green eternals care only for life and not at all for humankind. The Briars are filled with a primal energy. They're direct, uncomplicated, and prone to bursts and destructive rages. Briars are most comfortable in military roles, although their primal nature can make them powerful in the conclave. Some prosper in the synod, where their direct approach to the imperial faith often gives them some spiritual insight. However, they often find the boss confusing and become easily frustrated by the complexities of the Senate. The Briar lineage is intended to appeal to players, citizens, people, whoever you are, who want to play something more primal or visceral, with a strong urge to straightforwardness and physicality. Briars also are highly critical of the complexities and the shortcomings of civilised society. Briars often face discrimination, let's say, and like I said at the start, is suspect by many groups within the Empire. Some sobriquets or some other names for Briars, both within and without the Empire, include Leshy, Bark Bleeder, which is a derogatory term, Spriggan, Kickatrix, Greenscar, and the Twisted. Now, it's important not to confuse Briars with local legends of Dryads. Briars are very much human. They are infected, however, with the primal magic of spring. It makes them energetic, physical, wild. But it does not turn them into a tree or instill them with some mystical awe for nature. I've met uh, quite a few briar lumberjacks in my time. They feel no more affinity to these plants or trees than any normal human being does. And they're just as likely to be a lumberjack or a smith or a herbalist as the rest of us. While many briars reject the complexities of civilization, they do not they do so because of a difficulty fitting in, and not because of an instinctive need to protect nature or be close to it, as briars sorry, as dryads are wont to do. Be careful there. Don't make that mistake. Now, the way to recognise a briar is the patches of bark on its skin. The bark arises as a uh, manifestation of the spring realm's influence on this person, typically after 
a moderate to traumatic injury. Occasionally, people aren't even aware they are briars until they suffer an accident at work or are injured on the battlefield. And as their blood clots and a scar forms, it turns into bark. Now it can grow anywhere on the body, but typically it's on areas of the skin and it doesn't extend away from the body, often like a very, very coarse scab. Now, in addition to patches of bark, there are a few other ways of marking out someone as a briar. They often have green eyes, exotically so, bright emerald green. Thorns can occasionally grow from their skin. Things like the cheekbones or the forearms, they emerge from the patches of bark already present, but sometimes come directly through the skin and you can see them protruding through uh, a briar's tunic, for example. What's more, the veins around these areas of bark can often become dark green or black and they spread out from the injured site. Now, these could be anywhere on their body, but then again, make sure you're not check looking at uh, varicose veins <laughs> or anything else. It's quite a serious accusation to level at some, but they are a secret briar when in fact they are not. Most people, especially not the Vari, will not enjoy that. Now, it's extremely rare, pretty much un unheard of, for briars to naturally grow leaves or flowers or anything like that. I would say as a pretty strong rule of thumb, it's bark, veins and eyes. However, with our latest interactions and let's call it encounters with the heirs of Terranale and the scions of the Green Mother, briars have started to grow precisely these leaves and flowers on their body. And it's becoming more and more common, unsettlingly so. And it's not just the briars on the front line fighting these heirs. It's closer to home. If you have any briars in your, your striding, your steading, your groups, your houses, however you want to categorize the people you live with, just be cautious. For not only are these leaves and flowers manifesting themselves, but haunting dreams, tempting these briars towards a different way of life, towards the Green Mother. Be careful that they are, if they are having these dreams, that they are closely watched. And if they admit to none, then watch them even more closely. Now, to summarise, the briar blood influences those who possess it. However, not every briar expresses those direct emotions or the sheer amount of bark-covered skin to the same degree. But they all, let's say, suffer from these kind of uh, behavioural patterns, at least in some way. They are straightforward and they instinctively take the most direct route through or around any given situation. They certainly like to look at the path of least resistance. They dislike complexity for its own sake and respect plain speaking over some elaborate argument. If you're talking to one in terms of trade, try not to butter them up. Simply tell them that what you have is at a good price and you think they should buy it. You'd be surprised how often that works. They often express a pragmatic desire 
to get problems solved now. And where options are available, again, it's the most simple. They will neither avoid a perceived problem nor dwell on one they seem as irrelevant. They can make them blunt or even rude should you be doing this in a social scenario. They rarely hold back from saying what they think. They're also quite mercurial as well. They can change their minds quite easily and are swayed by circumstances and whatever seems important at the time. They tend to be very spontaneous in their displays of emotion, sometimes inappropriately, and their moods shift without warning. They want what they want now, and some are over eager to simply take the thing they want and then keep it as long as it interests them and discard it when they become bored with it. They very much live for the moment. They are often scornful of the trappings of civilization, dressing simply. They use tools only when it makes a task easier, and some can even eschew material possessions altogether in the long term, although this is very rare. They will, of course, wear armor on the battlefield. They will use a hoe to farm, they will use an axe to fell trees, and they use a hammer to smith. However, they are often driven to pursue self-sufficiency and can often be found amongst small pioneer communities. They can become uncertain in large social groups, you know, a few dozen or more, and only if they know those individuals personally do they sit and rest comfortably. They like tangible, solid things rather than getting excited by ideas or concepts. If you're going to talk to some about the future, maybe of the Empire's borders, bring a map. If you're going to talk about what you could make together, or indeed some kind of baking or brewing exercise, bring along something to try, something to taste, something for them to touch and interact with. They can become frustrated or bored in intensely cerebral situations. They like to make their point, and then they expect things to move on swiftly to a conclusion. While this can sometimes make them appear simple, it is not that they are less intelligent, it's just they have little patience for what they perceive as convoluted logic, circular discussions, or anything which overcomplicate what seems to be a simple matter. When confronted by a mental or social situation, they try to solve it in a simple physical way. For example, if someone is hungry, they provide food. If someone is unhappy, they look to physically remove the source of their friend's unhappiness rather than formulating a social response to the problem. If you ever see a briar interjecting in some amorous disagreement, then uh, they can often be seen removing one party from the scenario. Now, briars, as you <laughs> have seen by now, they are direct, primal, energetic, and they are also restless and they are often filled with the energy and vitality of the realm of spring. They don't sit down for long, they're constantly active and they're mobile. They try to move just a little quicker than is necessary, and they often have elongated strides compared to most citizens. They are vital and they've got remarkable resilience and reserves of energy. They're no stronger than a normal person, but they can often work just that little bit longer walk a little bit further, carry a little bit more, and they have reserves of energy that they can tap into when threatened, enjoying boundless vitality. However, some briars 
become increasingly short-tempered until the point where they start to lash out at anything that frustrates them. And this is unfortunately the point that where they are becoming overwhelmed by the spring realm. They insist on having everything their own way and react with anger to anyone who refuses them. They often depart the civilized world completely, withdrawing to wild places such as mountains and forests, and many turn to banditry. As their madness increases, their contempt for society increases too, and they begin to despise those that defend it. Ultimately, they lose their touch with their humanity, they become feral, killing anyone who gets in their way and striking out against structures and individuals that represent authority and civilization. For those of you thinking that sounds similar to the heirs of Terranel, I don't believe you're particularly wrong. Now, prior life, like all of us, they can have families, children, and they work in no different way to that of your everyday imperial citizen. The Briar children are almost never born expressing their lineage. And as I mentioned earlier, it often appears when they sustain a serious injury from the sight of the injury quickly becoming covered in a thick scab with the texture and the appearance of bark. In almost all cases, magical healing is involved in this manifestation. It is believed that the magical healing itself catalyzes the spring lineage, causing it to express itself openly. However, this is not a hard and fast rule. It doesn't always trigger it, but it is common. Some Urizeni scholars believe that any spring realm magic affecting that individual has the potential to trigger the expression of the briar lineage lurking in their blood. I'm really struggling with that word today. Must be that um, earthy taste it leaves on the tongue. Other than the bark, it's actually quite hard to tell that someone is a briar. Uh, the eyes, whilst being emerald green, might be assumed to just be beautiful. However, once these changes happen, they happen quickly. Thorns suddenly will protrude from the skin. The eyes themselves will become a more luminescent green almost. And if a briar again is wounded or healed with string magic, it can actually strengthen their lineage. It is unpredictable, however. Because the lineage can hide in this manner, quite literally beneath the skin, it creates suspicion and distrust, and rightfully so. Some people feel betrayed when their friend turns out to be a briar. Other newly revealed briars especially if they were unaware of their lineage until later life, suffer shock and damage to their mental stability when they discover they have been lineaged all along and when the urges of the blood become more powerful. Some more, let's say, prejudiced individuals have inflicted serious injuries on suspected briars and then had them healed with spring magic, hoping to reveal a hidden taint, as well as ensuring their own ranks remain pure. It is a common belief that a briar who avoids magical healing will lose the taint of the blood and not pass it on to their offspring, although this is probably wishful thinking. After death, a briar's entire body is slowly covered with bark, appearing a lot like a misshapen fallen log. Now, 
according to superstition. An area where a dead briar has lain will be seeded with alien, supernatural foliage. Many individuals, especially us amongst the Navarre, the Marchers and the Highborn, insist that dead briars be burnt to prevent this from happening. The internals of spring expect their lineage relatives to be forthright and direct. A briar who displays energy and vitality is likely to be recognised as a kindred spirit, although this may not be as uniformly positive experience as you would expect. Now, we talked again about the different attitudes towards the briars throughout the empire. And I am sorry to say, dear citizen, if you are listening and, and you are a briar, I'm sure you're aware of these, these feelings. Now, a lot of this originated from the freedom heresy, certainly a topic for another time. But in summary, between 324 and 328, year of the empire, a briar-dominated group of heretics and secessionists attempted to seize territory from the empire with tragic consequences. Events such as these helped to fuel suspicion of the lineage. In Dawn, there is a undercurrent of suspicion, undercurrent, undercurrent, I do believe. Gosh, this script is hard to read in this candlelight. <clears throat> anyway, in Dawn, there is an undercurrent of suspicion towards those of the Briar lineage. It was in Dawn and the nearby barons that most of the bloody fighting of the aforementioned uprising took place. In Highgard, the bodies of dead briars are commonly burnt and their ashes scattered over water. While there are a few monuments to heroic briars in the necropolis, there are none of this lineage actually interred there. Briars are seldom seen in League society. They are too direct for the subtleties of dead reckoning. Many marchers believe briars are cursed and have nothing to do with them. The Navari are especially suspicious of the briars, seeing a direct connection between them and the Valorn. And on that note, should you ever be fighting that fecund menace, the Valorn, you might occasionally see a, uh, well, I suppose if we can use the terminology from earlier, a dryad or a dryad matriarch, a plague husk, hulk, so many different forms to the Valorn. But those husks that rise and look almost like the imperial citizens they could have once been. A briar falling to Valorn will entirely coat itself in bark. It will become taller, stronger than the rest of the husks, and it will attack you with wide, cleaving claws and a shriek that... Well, let's not get into that, shall we? Intellectuals in Urizen find the briars too instinctual and too direct, and again, are often shunned. However, in Varushka, the briar lineage is broadly accepted, but there is a deep-seated prejudice that they are too willful to be entirely trusted. And finally, in Wintermark, especially those of the Steiner tradition respect the bold directness and the uncompromising nature of the briars. Now, briars come in many shapes, sizes, and even after death can come in many forms. But the most important one for you to remember 
dear citizens, is that they can't be trusted entirely. And certainly not now. Keep your wits about you. Keep them close. And keep your knife even closer. <laughs>